Well, I can't believe it. I don't know if you noticed, but we've been gone for eight months. <laughs> and it is so good tonight to be home. I couldn't wait to get here and just look out at you and see your faces again and even look at the ugly ones that are here. <laughs> it's just such a thrill to be home. I told several I, I didn't realize how much I missed everyone until they started hugging me this morning in Franklin and the same here tonight. It just seems like we just left. No, it just... Stepped out on a journey that God had called us on, and it's been such a wonderful trip. And I can't wait to share some of it with you tonight, and I'm going to try not to carry on too long. I have to have my glasses. Uh, reading in class, my eyes have gotten worse. And two weeks ago, I broke my prescription glasses, and the good, nice-looking ones like yours, Tim. And I set out on a journey with my broken Spanish to try to buy a pair. And my wife, for some reason, could not wait to take my photo and put it on Facebook. <laughs> now there, they say they're very stylish. <laughs> but these were the only ones I could find in my prescription. And I've been thankful to have them. I'm not going to get my new ones till tomorrow. So you know that I would have to wear these tonight. But we are thankful to be here. And share with you God's faithfulness in our lives and all that He's done. It's been so wonderful to witness and see firsthand there in the field. And back home knowing that you're praying for us. And we were part of the first night at Franklin. We were right there with you. Praying. We were there when you made the decision to hire Brother Eric. And everything else that's gone on here, we've been right here with you. And I hope you know that. And we know that you have been with us because we couldn't have made it without you. Your prayers and your strength, we felt it all around us every day. Days that I would get so frustrated with Spanish and trying to get it out of my mouth. Trisha, she's just picked it up. I mean, she just rattling on. We started home, and even in the airport, on the airplane. And I kept telling her, honey, they speak English. Talk so I can understand you. But it's been, it has been wonderful. So wonderful. And I thank God for the opportunity to be back here tonight, be here with you. And I thank God for the opportunity we had this morning at the Franklin campus. And how thrilling it was to be there. And after, like I said, after filling the process, the first, the first opening and, and there, and the start of Sunday school and everything that's gone on. I just grabbed Brother Eric and I told him, I said, I feel like I know you already. And he said, I feel the same way. All those that gathered around us and all the new faces that we met, it's been so wonderful. Tonight I wanted to share with you from Matthew 5. The 14th through the 16th verse. It's funny, you, the song you chose tonight, Brother Tim, Send the Light. 
These are the words of our Savior, Jesus Christ. As he tells us about the light. Matthew 5, verse 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds deeds, and praise your Father in heaven. Amen. We take our Savior and we ask for forgiveness and He cleanses us of our sins. And there's a change in our hearts and the life that we live. And people see that and that's how we let our light shine. God shines through us. I took a photo uh, about a year ago in Nicaragua, Rick, and I've got it on uh, that uh, uh, PowerPoint. There you go. This was inside a church in Nicaragua. The windows were these decorative concrete blocks. And I wanted to take a photo from the inside as the light shined through and Rhodes, you know him, he just moved everything and shut the doors so I could do it. And this is how the photo turned out. I sat in class one day, <clears throat> phonetica. It's where we learn to pronounce the Spanish words the correct way. Poco a poco. In Spanish, that's little by little. La luz que brota de la cruz. The light that springs from the cross. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Immediately, this photo came to my mind. The blessing it has been to be there in class, even through the difficult parts, to learn in a Christian atmosphere where the teachers start the class in prayer. My first try, all my teachers did that. The second try, we've just taken one class and He's, he's not started class with prayer, but that's, we've, uh, we go on and we say a soft prayer in our hearts and we continue on and I've been such, ble- it's just been such a blessing to be there. I, it was the part that I dreaded the most, you know that, I shared that with you. The journey after we started it in 2005 with my first mission trip and after God's call in 2007 and now here it is, the end of 2009. Seemed like it would be so far away from us. So far into the future. And now just four months away, we could be serving in Honduras at the children's home. So hard to believe. Still, just like it's a dream. Um, Of course, our our journey has started in Nicaragua. Or or Nicaragua last year when I took this photo. And uh, thinking about it in class. And there are a couple other photos. Change it to the next one. This is the little church where I took that photo. And the Lord had just really laid on our heart the desire to help them. Now, it was, it's just mostly women and children. And first of all, I, I wondered about that. And people had made comments as we went door to door about, you mean the pastor with all the women. So we got to asking questions about this because it, it disturbed us a little bit. Rhodes was there and they told us. 
that these ladies' husbands had died in the banana from the cancer from working in banana fields. Uh, the chemical DDT was sprayed on the bananas, and five of the men had died from this church. And the Lord had just really placed a burden in our heart that we could see a new church built there for them. Now, the top had blown off this church the week before we got there, last January. And uh, after prayer and uh, discussion with several people, of course, they owned the property, the church there, and it was a huge lot. So now, Rick, this is the little church from the outside and the windows that you saw from uh, me standing inside. Next, this is the church that's there today. January... I will have the pleasure and honor of being there and helping finish the final parts of that church. That God has blessed us. They raised the money. It didn't take but $15,000 to build that little church. But it's there and it's all still structure and they won't have to worry about the termites eating it up anymore. So we praise God for that. And I praise God for that opportunity to have been there and His faithfulness through all of it. I knew that the Lord would provide a way and He did. So we'll get to be part of that. We're still hoping that we'll have a pastor that will go with us and help dedicate that. And I would love for someone from Woodburn to be there. One of the pastors, y'all pray about that. They'd be so great to be there and help dedicate that. Uh, so we look forward to that. Our time course now in the past eight months have been in Costa Rica. The thrill that we've had being there. We went to learn Spanish. And like I said, that's been slow for me, but we've been there, and we've enjoyed it. It was so hard those first couple of weeks. To, it was just like I said, it still feels like a dream. Standing there in chapel in the middle of the day where I would normally have to be under a house or on a roof working on something, there I was, standing in chapel, raising my hand, praising the Lord in song, hearing a message. It, it's just been such a blessing. Um, we came through first try, I did all right, got pretty good grades, and got through it, and started our second try. And at the end of first try, they approached me, the chaplain approached me, and told me how he had really been praying about someone to replace him as chaplain. Of course, I turned around to look to see who he was talking to. You know, I had come to study Spanish and go from there to be a maintenance man at the Good Shepherd's Children's Home. And he was asking me to be a chaplain. A hundred and some preachers there now. Graduates of seminary. And the Lord laid on his heart to ask me. So I told him, I said, well, I mean, if you feel that strong about it. And you really think that I could do something like that, I'd be glad to serve. So there are two chaplains. I served as one of them this past try. And for some reason, I've been reelected to serve another try as chaplain. At the Institute of Lenguaje Español. It's been a thrill to be there and be part of that, to God's faithfulness in our lives and in the Institute, to be there with so many people in the same road and on the same journey as we're on, to share with one another. I thought, I went and I spoke to the other chaplain and I said, now I don't, I don't quite know how to say this, but you know, can we make it about testimonies and God's and, and what God's doing in our lives. And he laughed and he says, I had the same thing on my heart. We want to make it about God's faithfulness. And that's how we started it. We're going to continue on that same format through the next try. 
They came to me. Dick and Sheila Dundee are missionaries there. And I'm only telling you this. I don't want you to think it's a brag. It's not me. I know that. It's God and everything that happens. And I give him the praise and the glory for every bit of it. But he, they told me, he said, this will be our 10th year. We're fixing to finish up our 10th year here. And in 10 years, we've never seen the attendance for chapel as we have this trial. And I praise God for that. I didn't know how to say it. But... but there was uh, Richard Mullinax, a country boy from Montana. and He just he'd served as a pastor. And it was just great to serve with him. And I've learned so much. And I'm thankful for that. And God using me in the way that he's using me. We've also gotten involved at Losquito which is a barrio of San Jose, Costa Rica, that there are 60,000 people living in. You start up that mountainside and you have to dodge the potholes and the man covers missing from the uh, co or manhole covers missing. We go up through there and the big buses dodging to miss them and the people in the streets. And we come to a little community center. Now we had been asked by a fellow couple from our uh, organization they had received a $200 donation and they wanted to get it out there to the church and uh, they wanted to know if they could transfer it to our accounts and our account and if we would take it out there and that's how it started we got out there and we've just fallen in love you know that night that we sat here and you came by and you hugged us and you wished us, wished us on our way and you prayed for us we thought how will we ever be involved in something like Woodburn Baptist Church again. But God in His faithfulness found us that place. And we have been involved and we have fallen in love all over again with a group of people. I can't understand what ha half of what they say. <laughs> and that, I said that comment this morning. It's so strange to be in a service where I understand 100% of what's being said. But it's been wonderful to serve there and get to know the people and see them, the conditions they live in. Some of them, there's a group of ladies there that live in El Hueco, which translate and means the hole. It's a deep ravine where they, the land was free and they set up metal shacks with dirt floors. They don't see that. They come out of that hole with a light that shines for Christ like. It's so hard to explain. And to see them light up and share Christ. And I mean, in a snap of a finger, they're ready to share the plan of salvation with whomever they come in contact with. It doesn't matter how they live or how poor or if they're going to eat that day. And they wonder. They have the, that's what they think about every day when they get up, if they'll eat. What they'll eat. God blesses them, and they know that. To be part of that and see God's faithfulness in their lives. That little church, and it's, a, it's just a small community room. We got there, and there was a, uh, a group from the United States there, uh, a mission group. And I think there was 20-some people there that day, and there was probably 10 or 15 from that group, mission group that was there with them. And we've seen that church go from about 22 that Sunday 
to just a little over 100 this past Sunday. It's not anything we're doing. We're just encouraging them to share, let their light shine for Christ everywhere they go. The name of the church is El Faro, which translates to the lighthouse. It has been a blessing to see God's faithfulness through all that. And I continue to tell them, you just keep on letting your light shine for Christ. And he'll take care of the rest. When the time comes and you need a new building, it'll be there. God will provide. You just let your light shine. And it is a blessing to see them do just that. There's a little boy there. I want to share, you, share this story with you. Named Stephen. There's so many children there. And we've, we've just fallen in love with so many of them. And... Uh, <clears throat> The video will show their faces and how God, how they're just, they light up. But this young man's name was Stephen. Now, we took a trip down to Hell Waco to, uh, Trisha wanted to practice her Spanish, and I just went with her. Uh, you know, <laughs> it was the Costa Rican Independence Day. So we had the day off from school, so we got on the right bus, thank the Lord. We got out there, and our friend Denora, she met us at the rim. And they wouldn't leave our sides. They tell us it's muy peligroso. It's very dangerous. We've never felt threatened there. Never felt uneasy. But they, I mean, if you step out of that church, one of them is by your side. Making sure that nobody bothers you. So she met us at the rim and took us down into El Waco. And it was the first time that we had seen it. And while I was down there, I was cutting up with the kids. And this little cripple boy came down the walkway. He's 13 years old. And I had never seen him in church, but his little brother comes. And I, I just it laid on my heart the, uh, why he didn't have the opportunity to be at church or why he didn't come. And. Of course, he was holding on to stuff, you know, as he came down through there. And uh, <clears throat> we carried on a conversation. I asked Denora about it, and she says, well, he would have to climb to the rim. Now, from Stephen's front door to Arriba de Hueco, the upper part of the hole, is 66 steps. Men, they are not seven and a half inch treads like we see in the U.S. Some of them are 16 inches. They're very steep, broken, but they climb those steps every day. Well, Stephen couldn't climb them because of his hands, and he didn't have the ability to get out of the rim. I began to pray about that situation and how we could get him to church or how someone could come down and share with him. And one Sunday, I walked in church, and he was sitting in the chair. <clears throat> and I said, well, Stephen, mi amigo. And I asked, I said, how did he get here? And Chuck, my buddy from class that I met first try, big old burly guy from Georgia, had thrown him over his shoulders and packed him to the rim. All my thoughts, I thought, well, that was simple. You know, 
Of course, for Chuck, it probably was. But uh, first of all, I thought, well, I, I wish I'd have thought of that, you know. I wanted to see him get out of the hole and come to church. I wanted to be part of it. I could have gone with you, Chuck. And then I thought, he's here. That is what I'd been praying about, the opportunity that he could be in church. One Tuesday night, the pastor came to me and he said, we've got to go get Stephen. Chuck's not here. I said, okay. Get in his van and we drive up the mountainside and circle and park in front of the rim there of the hole. And I look at him and he says, oh, I got a bad back. You'll have to go get him. I said, okay. So I started the ascent down into the hole and it was dark by then. There was a couple steps, like I said, that are broken and I... I went on down there and I thought I was scared to death. Some young man walking behind me went with me from the church. And we got down there and I said, hey, Stephen. And uh, I grabbed him, picked him up, threw him across my shoulders just like Chuck carried him. And I did not stop until I got to the rim of the hole. I put him in the van and then I had to sit down and catch my breath. <laughs> but the thrill to be part of that and pack him. But one was enough. I'll let Chuck go get him from now on. But it was a thrill to be part of that and see that young man get to church and he's been coming. We try to get him out once a week. You know, the, the, the dirt and the sidewalk there he plays on, it's just sewer all around him. And uh, so to see him get out of the hole and go somewhere and we, we take him to Burger King or do something, you know, so he can get out and play and be part of as normal of a life as he can. Uh, so the Lord has just blessed us and everything that we've seen. Uh, uh, to be part of it, to be there, to witness his faithfulness and see all that's going on. Like I said, still seems like a dream. Now, we were, are within four months, like I told you earlier, of being in Honduras. We are not any different from any other mission team there or mission couple. Our funding has dropped to almost half. For five months, we saw the, the money that we had in reserve had not been touched and we had been able to live. But now we've started into that reserve money and we've dropped to $15,000. If the time comes in April and the money's not there for us to be established in Honduras, then we'll have to come home to raise more money. And if that's God's will, then so be it. We'll do it. We see mission couples everywhere there at school facing the same thing. I praise God for the, uh, this morning's special service. And for the offering that was taken up, I pray that it'll be exactly what you've said and that people's hearts were opened up to the call to give to missions. The economy is affecting everyone. I know you heard the stories this morning about IMB and our many friends there that serve with that organization. They're saddened at the fact that their times are being cut some of them were planned to be in the mission field for four years or five years. 
They're being, a year's been cut off their time. But they're willing to go and do what they can while they can do it. And other mission organizations are in the same boat. You just continue to pray about that, that the economy in the U.S. affects everything. People are losing their jobs in Costa Rica. And we're talking about people that make $20 a day. $20 a week. $5 a day. It doesn't matter the job or how good it is. It's affecting everyone. So you be in prayer about that. Um, good Shepherd's Children's Home. They're facing major cuts. The children themselves are, is staying pretty steady. But the Christian or the Christian Academy there is $75,000 in the red. I don't know how we can close the school. If we close it, we're going to have to bust 200 children, and I doubt seriously they'll accept them in the public school. That many children, I doubt it seriously. So let's keep that in prayers. Keep that in your prayers. We, the things that we face from a vehicle to setting up a home, uh, they started construction on some office space, they say they need about $6,000 to finish that for an office for Tricia. She'll be taking care of doing book work and overseeing the budget. Let's pray about that. We want to be faithful. And God has been faithful to us. I know these things will be taken care of. And like I said, if it's His will for us to return in April again, then that's what we'll do. We're determined to get there. The day we get there, he knows. We just want to be there and serve him the very best we could serve him. Let our light shine for all those children to see and for the community around the school to see. Tricia has a video, and I want her to share that with you. You have that ready too, Rick? We'll, we'll let that roll and then... Uh, you want to say some things about it, don't you, baby? Okay. Did I do a little better tonight? Okay. Thank you.
so homesick. Until this morning when we received so many hugs at the Franklin campus and then tonight just seeing everybody's face and my friends. It's just so good to be here and we've missed you all so much and we thank you for your prayers and for your support. But you know we made a new family, a new church family. 
in Costa Rica. And I think that's what's been so comforting, knowing that you were back here and you were praying for us, but also that we were able to uh, make dear friends. What a surprise that was to me. Um, I went to the church that Kelly mentioned, El Faro, I thought, well, I'll be involved in the children's ministry. I need to get some practice learning how to teach Sunday school. And I attended the Sunday school classes, and I helped a little. But really, I was more drawn to the women, and I made so many friends there. And they are very patient and gracious, and they help me. I know I sound terrible when I speak Spanish to them, but they all help me. So I feel like I'm surrounded by teachers all the time. Um, the ladies that I've met that live in El Waco, um, they are, they live in conditions that I, I just couldn't fathom. I'd never seen anything like it, um, pictures on the internet, but never anything like that in person. It was just gut-wrenching. The first time that I walked down those steps and saw the conditions in which they live, they're Nicaraguan refugees. and. They all told me, once I finally learned how to speak the past tense after four months of being in Costa Rica, they told me that they live a better life in Costa Rica, even though they're in those metal shanties with dirt floors and sewage running just 30 feet away from their homes. They are happy. They're content. They all say their lives are better. Most of them have a Catholic bath background. And I asked one young lady just last Sunday when we went uh, out on a, a, a church outing with them, what drew her to uh, El Faro? And she said it was the people. She was a Catholic, and she's only been in that church for a year. And she said the people um, drew her there. So, um, you know, we just had an amazing journey in Costa Rica and learning how to speak Spanish and we've not only just made friends in the church but also other missionary friends, friends from Florida and Montana and just all over the nation. What an opportunity we've had there and it's hard. We've had to say goodbye to dear friends twice now at the end of each trimester. Um, but uh, thanks to technology, we're able to still stay in touch and hopefully we'll see them again. Um, in the video that you just saw, um, in the beginning were school pictures and our teachers. And one of the teachers that's so very dear to me is um, Margot Soto. And she was my phonetica teacher. She told us early on in the trimester, you're going to learn more than Espanol. She was right. And I wrote about that um, in, in our blog, that we are learning to speak a new language, but we're learning so much more. Than that, and um, I'm just really grateful for that opportunity. Um, the picture you saw in El Hueco, um, you saw the conditions, you saw the food. Um, the dish that was up on the screen is called vigoron, and it's it's um, yuca plant and um, repollo um, cabbage, and uh, like a shredded cabbage on. No, sorry. <laughs> I always forget. Repollo is cabbage. And it's a shredded cabbage and uh, tomato on top of it. It was delicious. Oh, and you eat it with a um, chicharron, chicharrones, 
and it's like a pork rind. And I was thinking, where's the fork? You know, and you don't, you dip it and eat it was delicious. And um, I was kind of concerned. I'm a, a kind of a clean freak. And <laughs> I knew, I mean, like we prepare our food very carefully. We wash all of our fruits and vegetables with Clorox. We're very, very careful so that we don't contract something that would make us sick. Well, we were very close to just running sewage and I didn't know how she had prepared it but I didn't care we it was that dish was prepared in love and it was generous because they don't have a lot so the food that she prepared for us was a sacrifice and um, I ate every bite and it was delicious and I learned how to make it myself it wasn't as good as the um, other ladies dish but it was decent so we've, um, we've learned, too, from the ladies, you know, I couldn't um, understand, like, every two weeks during our Bible study um, meeting that we, the gringas, the, the ladies from the United States, we all serve the women, and with, like, when we're having our snack. So I couldn't understand why we, we served all the women first and, and their children weren't allowed to eat anything unless there weren't any leftovers. I didn't understand that until our last trip down to El Hueco and um, was able to talk to one of the ladies that lives there and she told me it's because they, they feed their children first and if there's anything left, they eat that. And, and their food they eat is they eat rice and beans. Bread is a luxury. Coffee is a luxury. So the dish that was on that screen was a sacrifice. And um, they, you know, I don't know, I just, they have captured my heart and Kelly's too. And we just are so fortunate to get to know them. The other pictures you saw, um, the kids playing in the grass. Now we take for granted our beautiful countryside, and the kids that were rolling down the hill, if you heard them giggling in the background, that was like a roller coaster ride to them. I mean, it was like going to an entertainment park just to be in the grass. I mean, they don't have grass where they live. They have dirt, and, and that dirt is contaminated. So they had just had a wonderful time there um, in, in that video. And then another thing that just I love, I know, Tim, you love crosses. And if you saw the, the, the cross with the blue background, that's the pulpit adornment that in our church sanctuary. And it is made of masking tape. Just two pieces of masking tape put together, and it's beautiful. It's my favorite decoration there. Um, the other thing that um, was in the video, the children blowing kisses. I happened to be standing in the back door of church a few weeks ago there weren't any seats left because as Kelly mentioned the attendance has increased and there just isn't room for everyone so we were standing in the back I had my video camera and I glanced down and saw these kids playing and they were blowing kisses it was the sweetest thing a, little, a set of twin girls and they were with their mom and dad and I thought that was precious well it's an unusual sight to see a man in church for one thing there are more women youth and children that attend the church where we, we go. 
um, because men just aren't active. Um, they would rather just stay home. Uh, the women are the leaders of, um, of their families and, and their husbands just, or boyfriends or whatever they are, they don't, they don't come to church. So the scene of the, the young girls blowing kisses and then the dad blowing a kiss back, it was just precious to me. Um, and then you saw some pictures of Sunday school. Our church is really tiny. Um, the Sunday school room, I don't know, is probably, um, one of them is about the size of the baptism uh, area, the baptismal, uh, where the little children meet. And the other classroom is a little bit, uh, a little bit bigger. And um, there aren't tables or chairs. They don't have um, a lot of um, equipment, but they still make do. And they're even thrilled to get a coloring page. And so they sit on the floor a lot of times. Um, the women's Bible study has been a blessing for me. Um, you saw the picture of the book um, in, in the video. Um, I was holding it. And this is, um, in English, is 12 Extraordinary Women of the Bible, uh, a ladies' Bible study group here or in Bowling Green. Donated 25 of these books along with highlighters, ink pens, um, notebooks, pencils, erasers, all kinds of goodies, and they shipped them to Costa Rica, and I was able to distribute those and give them out to all the women at our final Bible study for the year. Um, they were thrilled to receive this book, and um, I'm really excited about the opportunity of, um, in January, when we get back, our Bible study group in Costa Rica is going to study this book in Spanish while the Bible study group in Bowling Green studies it in English. And then we're going to, um, I guess, share stories. And we haven't figured out all those details yet, but we're going to communicate um, our feelings about this particular Bible study um, with the group in, in Bowling Green. And at the very end, you saw the Stoudermeyer boy, Gabriel Stoudermeyer. He's one of seven children um, that we got to know during our first trimester while we were in um, school. The Stoudermeyers are missionaries with our organization, BMDMI, and uh, Dr. Stoudermeyer is serving in Honduras at a hospital that was um, donated to our organization this past year. And um, I put him in there because you know, we, Kelly was talking earlier about missions, and it's just, um, we wanted to show that it's not just all about Kelly and Tricia Lawrence, it's the Stoudemeyers, it's Kelly, do I see you here? Kelly Bullington, and, um, you know, just all of us, um, you know, we're serving, and, and we all need your prayers and um, your support, and um, we just thank you for everything you do for us, and we know that... Um, that you're back here praying for us and and you're supporting us and, and I thank you all and I don't want to forget to point out another very important package that we received. One of the questions that our grammar teacher asked us during the first trimester very frequently was recibes muchas cartas do you receive many letters? And my answer was always no, we don't. 
And it's because of technology. I mean, we get a lot of emails. We get a lot of um, posts on our Facebook pages. We don't get a lot of real mail. And the ones that we have received have been just so special to us. Second grade class here at Woodburn sent us special cards. And I've held on to them, and I look at them, I laugh at them sometimes because the messages are so, so sweet. But I just want to thank Macy McCoy, Emma Hightower, Lauren Milam, Chase Johnson, Connor Mason, Scott Roberts, Natalie Blick, Bailey Hutchinson, and Owen Mefford. You don't know how much these cards meant to us. And just knowing that not just the adults are here praying for us, but the special, precious children that we miss so much are also praying for us. And we thank you for sending these cartas. Thank you.